You're listening to The Aligned and Free Show, a spiritually infused personal development podcast for the ambitious woman. Our passion is to help you align with who you really are, what you really want, and to free yourself from the BS that's holding you back so that you can manifest your very own magical life. We talk about manifestation, of course, spirituality, wellness, mindset shifts, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Shakia Mayer, licensed mental health clinician, speaker, and spiritual mindset coach. All right, let's get into it. Today, we have the excitable introvert on the show, Jacqueline Shawless. She's an international speaker, global best-selling author, and advisor to Fortune 500 executives, all while honoring her introversion. In this episode, she shines a light on some of the misconceptions about being an introvert while giving tips on how to go from introvert to influential. If you want to use being an introvert to your advantage, this episode is for you. So Jacqueline, (laughs) could you go ahead and introduce yourself to those who are listening? Well, I'm Jacqueline Shawless, the excitable introvert, and I guide introverted women of color to get seen, heard, and respected by embracing their awesome. Amazing. Can you share a little bit about your journey from being an introvert to then doing this type of work? What did that look like? Well, I... The biggest part of my experience was changing what introversion meant and how that shows up. A lot of times people assume that introverts are shy or antisocial or quiet. And even though I am very much an introvert, that is not my experience. (laughs) That is not my experience at all. Um, I love to help and support and engage with people. I love to be on the stage in front of large audiences. I love doing this. Um, But the introversion is how we process stimulation. So even though I'm forward facing and I'm in the public eye, I need my time away from stimulation, not just people, but just all the goings on in order to process for myself, my world. And so early on, it was very difficult for me to reconcile this truth about myself. I knew very early on that I would be on stages in front of massive audiences. I knew I would be traveling the world. I knew I would be writing books. I mean, like from kindergarten, I knew this. But I also knew that I liked having time to the side, reading, observing people. And I was always told these two things can't coexist. It's Mm. either or. Either Mm. you're going to be on the stage and not (laughs) be the quiet kid with the book Or you're going to be the quiet kid with a book and not be in front of people. But that's a false dichotomy. You can Mm -hmm. be both. And Mm -hmm. I am both. Um, And it's not just me. There are many celebrities that are also both. You have like Beyonce or Naomi Osaka or Stacey Abrams. These women are all introverts as well. Mm -hmm. And so the, the trick has been, well, not even the trick, really the focus has been honoring my introversion because I am an introvert. This is the way my brain works. That's not going to change. Um, And also there's a gift to being an introvert. There are gifts to being introspective and um, observational and being steady that really adds additional value to the work that I do. So Mm -hmm. it's 
understanding that it's and both, <laughs> not either or. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how we are taught, most of us are taught early on that it has to be an or. And so we go through life thinking we always have to choose one or the other thing versus the and. And we right. live, there are so many possibilities that are in the and. And if we Absolutely. had been taught that when we were younger, then we may not have experienced some of the mm, conflict, internal conflict about like who we are or what it is that we want because we weren't given that option to have the and. Um, yes. And it's so much of what you shared that I can relate to because I was giving presentations and speeches from an early age and I, I loved it. But for me, I, I <laughs> don't, <laughs> it, I don't like to be around a lot of people all of the time. And mm -hmm. if I'm going to be in, uh, not in front, because I actually love public speaking in front of large audiences, it's the smaller audiences that yes. make me all Oh my nervous. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, people so, don't understand this. Yeah. No, oh, give me a okay, stadium versus, <laughs> versus an intimate <laughs> setting. <laughs> But, you know, just having the, the vision for what it is that you want to do early on and then feeling like you have to choose because something doesn't fit. I think that's such a powerful statement that you that you share, because it's something that many people, including myself, can agree with. People couldn't understand that. Even though I could hold a conversation, I can I can be silly. I can talk to most people. I I tend to um, I, help people to feel comfortable talking to me. I mean, hence my work as a therapist. I hope I can do that. That <laughs> that's right. you know that's huge. <laughs> but people couldn't understand that I also needed space. I needed time. And to be honest, for years I didn't have that language. And so you know they'd be like, Oh, Shakia, you're so standoffish. Or um, oh, Shakia, you're, you're antisocial, even though I'm trying to teach people that clinical term of antisocial is completely different. So when I hear antisocial, yes. I think of something else. <laughs> so I'm yes, like, it's a completely different thing. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so to your point, <laughs> to your point of, you know, needing that time to yourself to rejuvenate is so important. How did you handle maybe comments that people made or um, questions that were asked about your you taking like time away for yourself? Um, I internalized a lot of it, to be honest. It became the thing that you just take in, you bottle up, you stuff down, and you hope that if you pack it in deep enough mm -hmm. that it won't affect you. But of course, that's not how it works. The more you pack it in, the more it actually affects you, um, not less. And mm -hmm. so for a long time, because I'm I'm the quiet one of my family, like of both sides of my family, I'm the quiet one. Um, so if you imagine having like dozens, literally, of cousins that you're coming for the summer, you've got all of the aunts and uncles, you've got everyone around, everyone's laughing and talking and having a good time. And then here's Sulky over there, uh, <laughs> you know, like all isolated, like literally sitting in a corner or just like by a tree somewhere, not engaging with anyone. Mm -hmm. And everyone needing to point this out as if I don't know that I am literally the only, 
I I know that I am over here. I mm. put me over here. <laughs> and it was intentional for me to be over here. Or I realize that everyone else is outside and I am not. That mm-hmm. is why I am inside instead <laughs> of being outside. Um <laughs> so so these sorts of things, it's it's such it's definitely people don't term it as microaggressions, but it's mm. absolutely what it is. Mm. It is um it's not just that it's annoying because it's definitely that, but after you hear so much of it, when it's coming from your family, it's coming from your school, it's coming from society, after a while, it just begins to wear away on you. Mm-hmm. And then it causes you to not only question whether you need to pretend to be someone else just for the sake of having some peace. Yeah. Or if there is actually something intrinsically wrong with you the reason why everyone has a problem with you being quiet or everyone has a problem with you needing to step away or everyone has a problem with you not showing up and not engaging um you choosing yourself first is like the ultimate insult Uh, these sorts of things can really make you question and it certainly did for me it made me question okay well Am I, is there something wrong here? Because I'm the only one in my family like this. I'm the only one who's not involved. And for a long time, it was really me questioning myself and my place. Mm-hmm. And there was the, the big turning point for me was as I was in high school and I knew, like I mentioned, I knew that I wanted to be a speaker. That was always like clear to me. Being a speaker and a writer, that's like, okay, that's going to happen. I don't know about anything else. So mm-hmm. I decided to join a debate team. That was all fine. I, I was joining it just to get like test the waters with speaking. But because I was, I loved it. It was like amazing. And people couldn't understand how on earth, <laughs> like, why are you going and you're talking to these people and you're debating and you're making arguments, but then you immediately like depart the premises. <laughs> like you, you find some other place to be. And because of that experience, I was actually recruited to another school to be on their team. Mm. And when I made that transition, it was, that was really kind of the starting point with me saying, okay, if I'm going to be the person that I know I am, this vision of me that's in my head. If I'm going to be that, what does that look like? How mm-hmm. how would that work out? And so that version of me saying yes to me meant saying yes to opportunities that made me uncomfortable, that pushed my boundaries, that really it's like, I would never say yes to this, but let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also opened the way for me to say yes to me needing to set boundaries for mm-hmm. me to not let people's comments affect me in the ways that they had before. And so does it sting? Yeah, it sting. it's like a mosquito bite. Like a mosquito bites you, a mosquito bites you. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's no there's no denying the impact of it. But rather than letting it become like this festering like welt, it's simply a bump that goes away after like a few hours. It, it goes away. Um, and it doesn't have that intense type of impact that it used to. But yeah. that took... It took me not only deciding to put myself and my own wellness first, but also being willing to say, look, I'm not coming to your thing. Like, I, I don't have the energy for it. Or I will come, but I'm only going to be there for five minutes because you asked. Don't ask me to stay longer. I'm not going to. <laughs> like, period. That's like the end of the conversation. And 
over time, having these type of conversations, it became more comfortable for me to set those boundaries, but mm-hmm. it also became people came to understand, okay, she's here. Be glad that she's here. Don't ask her about anything. <laughs> it just it set the tone for the rest of my interactions. And so it, yeah, yeah, that's the long, that's the long of it. I was going to say the long and short, but that's just the long of it. <laughs> no, and like I said, I think it's so relatable because just from my own experience, I remember uh, when I would do um, different shows, I used to do a little bit of spoken word and things like that. But the it, the large crowds, it wasn't that I was so shy necessarily. It was just that I needed like I, I really needed to separate myself. But even just yeah. what I really relate to was the family part. So mm. growing up, you know, they joke and I'm like, you're so weird. You're so weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ultimate I, compliment I, and insult. <laughs> yes. Right? But I would say, and I like to stay in my room a lot. I like to read. Um, and so I was okay with being by myself. It was, it was fine. And I would have friends and I'd have friends over and we'd play. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> exactly. I was, it's like, I've, I've had my fill. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And I was okay <laughs> with staying in, in my room. Um, but you know, the labels then that are bestowed upon you because of who you are and how you show up in the world. Um, also you are a child, so you're still learning how to operate in the world, how to navigate this space and how to take up space. It's very interesting and coming from a family, they love to, to joke and, and, <laughs> and, you know, crack jokes and, and everybody is so loud. And my mother's very charismatic and very much everybody, everybody knows her right? and everybody will know her. And I'm, I was yeah. always just a little bit quieter when I wasn't if I didn't need to be louder, I don't know if that makes sense. Like if it that makes wasn't a reason sense. Yes. to, then I was quiet. I was cool, but I can, you know, be animated because that's just part of who I am too. And I can show up and all that jazz. But if it's, un, if it's not necessary, if it's not authentic, then it, I wouldn't do it. And people are like, are you yes. okay? What's wrong? Yes. You're are bothering you sure? me. That's what's wrong. <laughs> You are disturbing my peace. That's what's wrong. What you're saying makes absolute sense. And this is very, this is a very common introvert experience where we're not just going to talk for the sake of talking. Like if we're doing that, it's within our own space. Like Mm -hmm. we, we have plenty of time to ruminate about all of the different aspects and a way a situation could be handled. And we should have said this and, Oh, we would have done that. And ooh, like, Oh, uh, I love insecure. And Issa Rae is also an introvert. I love how um, in her show Insecure, she has like these, like she's so like aggressive and not assertive. She is so aggressive in the mirror. She's like rapping about all of this. That is so quintessential of the introvert experience. We have 
we have tons to say. We have tons to share. It's not like we have any lack of it. Um, we're constantly thinking and creating and and really expanding these worlds within our own minds by ourselves happily. But when it comes to other people, if we don't have a point or a purpose to talking, we're not going to just throw our two cents in to hear ourselves speak. We hear ourselves speak like literally all the time. That's mm -hmm. most of the issue is that we're constantly hearing ourselves and everyone else speak. So what you were saying makes absolute sense. It is very common uh, for us introverts. And one of the one of the frustrations um, when dealing with people who are more on the extroverted side, because introversion and extroversion, it's not a duality, it's a spectrum. And mm -hmm. so you can be more on the side of introversion or more on the side of extroversion, but they're not, it's not an either or situation that it's often mm -hmm. painted to be. But for people who are more extroverted, it is so annoying when you're asking us what's wrong, why don't we want to do something, so on and so forth, when we are minding our own business. We are so happy and right where we are. We mm -hmm. are engaging with other people. It's just, you all don't see our engagement. We're watching what's happening. We're like feeling all of the emotions. We're getting the jokes. We're, we're, we are engaged. We're just engaged on the side. And yes. yes, we have a reason to get involved. And when we have a, a reason to get involved, we are so happy to tell jokes or to kiki or to talk or we are happy to do that until we've done the maximum of what we need to do and then we're going to dip back out yeah. <laughs> like we're not just going to linger for the sake of lingering um, yes. and that's something that most extroverts don't they don't understand because their way of processing is by engaging they can't they can't process the world unless they're talking, unless they're moving around, unless they have all of this energy around them. They need that in order to process. We mm -hmm. don't. We process by seeing all of this stuff that's happening, feeling all of the emotions mm -hmm. that's happening, picking up on how everyone else is reacting to it, having our own thoughts about it, and then needing to go sit down somewhere because we have just taken in so much to process. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just two ways of of our our brains processing stimulation. But mm -hmm. it it's an aggravation when one type is deemed superior to the other and the other is deemed not just inferior, but you are inferior, therefore you need to be completely different and like me. Yeah. But it's yeah. only towards intro it's only towards extroversion. It's never towards introversion. And no one telling extroverts to sit down and be quiet. Yeah, no one's telling them that. Or stop, <laughs> go read a book, go process this stuff for a second. Like, just go think. Like just uh, hush, just hush. No one's yeah. saying that. That's, that's, <laughs> as you were speaking, that's what came up for me, which was we often see articles, the headline reads, you know, how to go from introvert to extrovert, how you should start to, um, how, how you I just, I, I can't even think of another one that I saw recently, but you can get out of your shell. Yeah. It's, it's always as if being an introvert <laughs> is the problem. And that's why I was so excited to speak with you because you were talking about going from, um, from from introvert to visible like the, the visibility piece and yeah, I like influential that. yeah yeah I'm sorry I did I messed that up in my mind it's because we're <laughs> becoming more visible 
I get it. <laughs> I do apologize for that, but but no, no, but no. yes. And so it's not saying that there's something wrong with you. It's not taking away from who you are as a person and how you show up and what's comfortable for you. Yes, we can get out of our comfort zone. Absolutely. Yes, we can grow. We can learn things. We can try things. Absolutely. But there isn't something innately wrong with me that I have to fix. So I like yes. your approach to it because it's saying, let's take who you are and th- let's take these qualities that you have and let's use them to your advantage so that you can become influential and in whatever the, whatever field it, it is that you're working in versus wanting you to become a completely different person. Absolutely. And, and I use the term from introvert to influential. And it's a bit of a misnomer because introverts are like literally influential because (laughs) they're introversion. You know, if an introvert is saying something and is chiming in, that it has to be something important because they don't just chime in for anything. So Mm -hmm. if they have something to contribute, it gives more weight to our words. And the, the other aspect of that is we are very careful with our words. So mm-hmm. if we are going to speak up or speak out about something, we are very mindful of what exactly is our stance, why we are in support or against a thing, and what are the advantages and pitfalls of whatever we're saying and how other people are affected by it. We are processing all of those things simultaneously before we ever open our mouth. Mm -hmm. And so when we open our mouth, we are able to speak with, um, with an authority that does influence people. And many of the people that we deem as super, um, like big personalities and very influential, they are introverts. So I mentioned before, like Beyonce, Naomi Osaka, Viola Davis, I like to use them in particular, because they're, they're such standout figures. But Mm -hmm. it's not just not just these women. I mean, you have Meryl Streep, you have Simon Sinek, you have Barack Obama, you have Tom Hanks, all of these people are introverts. Mm -hmm. And if you're stuck in this sort of notion that If you're introverted, then you can't be successful, then you can't have something to say, then you don't have something to offer, then you're missing out on people who are literally changing how our world operates. Mm -hmm. And they are changing it, not by being someone different or trying to process things in a different way. They're influencing because they're leaning into that introversion. They're leaning into that insightfulness. And then they're applying that insightfulness to their particular zone of genius. Um, They're able to use those observations and tap into the, the emotions and that rich inner world that we have so that they can add this nuance and and they can speak so intimately to our own experiences. Like, how are you in my head? And the reason why is because they've been in their head so much and they've looked at and they've they've had their own experiences. And also they've looked at all of these different ways that the world can work and should work and what what are the ramifications of each of these different scenarios, Mm -hmm. our minds are doing that by default. What they have done is they've said, instead of, okay, let me try to do something different. Instead, they're saying, okay, this is, this is who I am. This is how I operate. How can I use this to my advantage? How can I use what I know that I'm here to do and also honor myself without having to sacrifice one or the other? 
Mm. And the ways that they bridge that are all of the ways that we come to be influenced and transformed and having like culture and entire industries changed because of them showing up in all of their introversion. So it's, it's really just to, my, my whole goal is, and part of shifting this whole notion of what an introvert is or isn't, is to take that stigma away. Because for many introverts, we take a longer time to even show up in our fullness, because we have the weight of all of these stigmas, and we're penalized before we even get a chance to prove ourselves, because people assume these characteristics about our inherent nature, rather than letting our accomplishments and our qualities and even our qualifications to speak for themselves. Mm. You know, there are two things that I want to ask you. The Mm -hmm. first is, so in the spiritual community, a lot of the characteristics that you named um, that are related to introversion uh, also are very similar to being an empath. Have you ever identified as an empath or would you say that there there are similarities? Oh, absolutely. And I think it it's <laughs> that that's a whole other can of worms. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stigma from a religious or spiritual standpoint around um empathy. If I'm I'm a Christian, I was raised in a Christian church, um, like background, my mother's a minister, so I have a very I have a very deep religious history, if you will. Mm-hmm. And and in addition to that, I have my own relationship with God, which is <laughs> fun to say the least. It's it's very exciting. Um, but there's there can be a lot of stigma of calling someone empathetic um, or recognizing something and, and deeming it by that term. Mm-hmm. Because empathy is simply that you're able to you're able to feel the emotions of other people. You're able to not just relate to them, but you can literally feel what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And because you can feel what they're feeling, the way that you relate to them is different because you're able to reflect back to them. That's very much a thing. However, um, from a, a spiritual standpoint or even from a religious standpoint, that can look very dicey that looks very questionable like you're feeling people's feelings you're what what are you talking about i don't know shaky ground like um (laughs) well this was literally how i was born so you're you need to take it up with with someone that's not me that's like Mm -hmm. above my pay grade um who you need to talk to about that but it's having that empathetic side is something that it's not limited to introverts. Extroverts can also be empathetic. It's mm-hmm. just that because of the way that we process things, many more introverts have more of those empathetic qualities. We all have that to some degree. Yeah. Um, and it can be expanded even um, if you know what what different activities and processes to do. But it's something that is, I won't say that it's inherent to introverts, but it's a large part of our experiences, even if we're not as sensitive um, to it or as mindful of the languaging around that as perhaps we could be. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you <for> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in, in that realm. And it's interesting because it adds, 
it again adds another layer of nuance when you are empathetic because you can you're you're all the more picking up on other people's energy around you being quiet. So mm-hmm. it's not just the words that they're saying and the things that you're picking up on. Now you are physically feeling their anxiety around you. Like you're mm-hmm. physically feeling like their their angst and their frustration with you for being quiet <laughs> or their yeah, frustration yeah. for you not being engaged. So you have your own emotions and now you have their emotions and you have both of your thoughts <laughs> and body language. It just, it's another layer of sorting through for lack of a better way to put it that we if you're if you are more empathetic that's another layer of processing that you have to go through and it makes it all the more essential that you set healthy boundaries mm-hmm. for not only your energy but for your emotions mm-hmm. because you if you are around these toxic people you are internalizing that all the more um, yes. beyond what they say those are those create wounds of them of their own but you're, you're taking in even more of that. And those roots are going even deeper, which means that it's a lot more work for you to unlearn and to undo um, that sort of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I talk a lot about being aware of who's in your circle, who's in your space, because regardless of where you are on the spectrum of, of introvert, extrovert, you know, you, we're we're all human and we are all susceptible to to internalizing the things that are being said around us and to us and about us. Um, yes. And so it is so important to be aware of how you feel, especially, well, I won't say especially, I want to say especially for introverts, but I'll make it a general statement, you know, to be aware of how you feel when you are around people. And if it always feels so draining, then that we need to look at that situation. Maybe this is a situation, maybe this is a person that I would benefit from putting some distance between us for a little bit and knowing that that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think one of my superpowers is <laughs> would have to be my observational skills. Um, and unfortunately, because I do work in mental health, people think I am analyzing them. And I'm not analyzing you. I've been doing this since I was a kid. I'm literally just mm-hmm. observing what's going on. Because mm-hmm. one, it's entertaining to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, so entertaining. It's amazing to watch people in action, like seeing humanity. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then also, I'm, I'm looking at how how you show up, how you treat people. And it's not that I'm judging you, but I'm watching because especially if I don't know you, I need to know what I'm walking into. And so I always will say to people, because I get, uh, what I've heard a lot in my my life is that I am standoffish Mm -hmm. until they get to know me. And what I try to tell people is I'm just learning. I'm just learning everybody. I'm just, yes. I'm just trying to understand everybody. So initially I all, I come off as very quiet um, to myself off to the side. And sometimes I'll get, Oh, is it, is it, there, is there an issue? Do you not like me? Or, uh, you know, and I thought this was going to go yeah. away during adulthood, but apparently it doesn't because yeah. folk will still ask, you know, Oh, Shakira yeah. was there. I think she had a problem. And I'm like, I, I don't yeah. have a problem. <laughs> I smiled. 
Yeah. And you know, this is what you're describing. It's such a, it's a common occurrence amongst introverts. Like this is part of, of many of our experiences where, and that's, this again is like the processing of stimulation. If we already have a relationship with you and we've sort of sorted out like where you are, where you fit in kind of our, our schema of things, then we are a lot more open because we have less stimulation to sort through like we we have less like of understanding like who you are what you do what are your motives how do I fit into it what can I say what can I not say like all of these are things we're processing when we first meet someone and when we're first getting acquainted to someone so as we are able to remove layers or to duly sort layers we can we and within our own minds and we're not always doing this consciously although sometimes we are this is largely a subconscious sort of processing where it's like okay this person is someone that could be a potential friend. This person is someone I need to keep as like a colleague or an acquaintance. This person I don't need to fool with at all because they just, they, I'm not feeling, I am not feeling them. And so we need, we have these different categories for how we engage. And then we modify how much of ourselves and how much of our energy we are investing in said person once that's been established. But we have to establish that. That's part of how we operate. So exactly what you said, it's very easy for people to assume that we're standoffish or we're aloof or that that we're somehow like judging them. It's like, I I don't even know you. I'm still trying to figure out whether you're worth my energy, to be honest, like yes. to be blunt about it. I don't even know if you're worth my time. So I Hello. definitely haven't spit any on like not liking you. I don't even know who you are. Um, but of course, that would be rude to say that unless you're me and you say it anyway. You say it with a smile. <laughs> so it's that's a very common experience um, to, to navigate in those ways. And it often surprises people that maybe the first, second, or even third time that you meet someone who is more on the introverted side, that they are not really talking much. They they have a very like flat face or, you know, they, like, they look like they're deep in thought, which they are. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And then we're like all engaged with you. What happened? <laughs> and what happened is that we figured out where you fit into this scheme of, of how how we need to engage with you. You are a safe haven. You are someone who has value and I won't be depleted by being in your presence. Mm -hmm. I can both enrich and be enriched by you. So Mm -hmm. you get more of me because you are a safe container for what I'm experiencing. You are someone who you might be great. And we can, if you're in that kind of colleague (laughs) type box, you are someone who it's probably safe to be around you. We can have a cordial engagement, but I'm not going to invest a lot of time in you because I don't see it being, and I don't see it being equitable. I Mm. see it as being me mostly giving with you also reciprocating a little bit. Mm. And it's, it's not going to be something where this becomes a deep relationship. That's, that's something for us introverts. When we, when we find someone who's in that friend type, we are with you for life. We are, we don't have to see you for years, but the moment we even think about you or we call you, it's like we pick up from wherever we last were. That's mm-hmm. part of how we operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with those like, okay, you're like to the side, I don't need to be around you. We're not going to be mean or rude. We're just not going to invest our energy in you. 
because it's either detrimental or at, at the bare minimum will be doing all the heavy lifting. Mm. So it's, it's just not worth our energy. And we yeah. have to manage that. Um, so there's that piece of it. And I wanted to come back to um, something else that is specific to women of color, um, particularly Black, Brown, and Indigenous women, is this assumption that if you are quiet, you somehow have a problem with someone. This oh. is not, this leap of judgment is often not made for white counterparts, male or female. This is something that is unique to our experience where if you're not engaging with someone, then you have an attitude or you somehow have a problem with not just one person specifically, but with a whole with ball the whole, of wax, like yeah. everything. And so then it becomes a judgment on who you intrinsically are. So now you're someone who is problematic and all of it started because you just got here, <laughs> you're trying to figure out what you need to do. And this entire story about who you are and how worthy you are to be in spaces has been placed upon you completely unbeknownst to you. And so this is very, very common. And it is practically never discussed on how this story is so pervasive, um, particularly for Black and Brown and Indigenous women, where you're not even allowed to show up, like, period. Like, it, yeah. you should be grateful for having the invitation to be in a space. And now that you're in a space, you can't have the decency to, like, smile and laugh with it's everyone. Be on. What is your problem? Like, you <laughs> should be happy to be here. It's my, my problem is that I thought this would be worth my energy, and it is <sighs> obviously not. And I can't even do anything because my ride is like talking to somebody. That's my problem. <laughs> oh my, my goodness. Problem. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, but you, you know, well, and I know this, this is not necessarily what we're talking about in particular, but to, to your point, when we as women of color, black, brown, indigenous women, specifically when we're in jobs, right? And we're, we're at the job and we're, we're quiet or we're not maybe laughing. The, the joke wasn't funny. Like it's a, it just, right? And for whatever reason, we're not laughing at it. And it's, is there a problem? Was something going on? Or then you become you know, I hate the stereotype of the angry black woman, even though yes. she may have just voiced her opinion or, or she's not saying anything. I I'll share this with you very quickly. I w uh, started a job at this place. Everything in my gut said, don't take this job, Shakia. I talk a lot about manifesting and calling mm -hmm. it calling things into your life intentionally. And um, I'll chalk it up to I was younger then. But I, um, everything in me said, don't take the job. On paper, it was a perfect match for what I wanted to do at the time. It was perfect for how I wanted to help. But in reality, it was something different. And I could feel it, but I ignored it. I ignored my intuition. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my entire life life. I literally, I have workplace PTSD from this organization. Yeah. Um, and part of that was I say to myself a lot, 
So there were Mm -hmm. some colleagues who I could chit chat with from time to time, but they wanted me to do a whole walking tour to say good morning to everybody because they felt like I was being, um, that I was, that I was alone in my office too much, that I needed Mm -hmm. to show face. Uh, I, I was called out for not, uh, engaging with this woman who I did not, I wasn't fond of this woman for many, many reasons. Um, also, let me be clear, I was the only black woman there. And there was another older black male who was part time at the time. But when he was full time, he had a higher position, but he was much older than I was. So I was this young black woman who had natural hair um and because that also i learned was a topic of conversation and private Mm -hmm. meetings but i was uh i was expected to do a whole tour around the office so i could say good morning to everybody Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. it was a terrible experience but i say all of that to say literally I was told that my personality didn't fit their personality and um and I needed to do something about it essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like what? But that would have never happened and I know this because there were uh, and there have been at other jobs people who don't look like me who did not have those same type of conversations. Mm-hmm. And so yes. yes, I'm glad you brought that up because it's almost as if we always have this extra responsibility. And yeah. I'm at this place where I'm like, no, F that and F you. If you go get this <laughs> or you go. Like, yes. You know, but I didn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't there yet at that time. <laughs> yeah. And what you have shared, I've come to find out is such a common experience. It is It's amazing in its consistency and its persistence across industries, across um, roles, across titles, um, across companies, across different aspects of age, of um, different aspects of gender. Um, So whether you are female identifying, non-binary, this this notion (laughs) that... Oh, if you are not, we expect you to let us read your mind. And if we can't read your mind, you are somehow deficient in your job, even though you are doing amazing at your actual job. Mm -hmm. Or, well, we would love to promote you. However, since you're not always engaging with the rest of your team, then we're not able to. These types of conversations happen all the time. And one of the, the frustrations and And even though I've been in similar situations, I didn't realize how pervasive it is um, until I started delving more into like this, this really learning more about introversion from almost an academic type standpoint. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to quantify this existing. So it's merely the stories that women have shared that are pointing to this exact experience that you're having, where there is somehow this, um, this, uns- this unspoken expectation that as a woman of color, and it seems to be especially pervasive for Black women, but across Black, Brown, and Indigenous, it's very similar, that if you are not taking the time out to specifically address multiple members of the office, or if you are sitting here and minding your own business doing your job, when everyone else wants to hang out at the water cooler, that it then becomes not just an issue of you not spending time, it becomes an indication of your deficiency as a human. 
<laughs> it becomes a matter of you not being um, equipped or even qualified for advancement in your career, which one has nothing to do with another. Aside from being completely wrong, um, one has nothing to do with the other. And this is it. This feeds into a lot of the um, a lot of the disparity that we see as far as pay. Um, we know that Black women earn roughly half a million dollars less than their white female counterparts, and that's without taking mm -hmm. into account introversion. Um, for Indigenous women, it's um, believe like the most the latest statistics it was around nine hundred and seventy thousand mm -hmm. across their career less than their white female counterparts. So it's not even a matter of gender. We're looking at amongst the same gender, there is this huge gap without accounting for people who are being let go because I can't read your mind. You're being a bad Black woman because Black women always want to talk and always want to engage. And I've had multiple people to say that was literally what was told to them by their managers, that they were not being a good Black woman. Neither one My were Black goodness. or women. <laughs> Um, the fact that someone could think this, let alone say this within a workplace environment and there not be repercussions is beyond me. But the fact that these are common occurrences is part of what fuels the work that I do and me really delving into this topic. I didn't want to really get involved in, in this whole aspect of introversion. That's not that's only been this diving deep into this has only been over the past couple of years. My, my work and my extensive background is with communications and public leadership specifically for women. And as I was, I kind of got into a rabbit hole of, of looking at this. And the more that I began to like, just ask questions and have conversations and look for any type of data, the more incensed I became because it's not just a matter of you creating these stories to put on women when there is literally no validation for it. Like you were just mm -hmm. quiet at, at the meeting or it took you an extra minute to process what was happening and brainstorming, or rather than having a conversation, you, you will send an email and then maybe have a conversation after that. Mm -hmm. These things are then they become the story that gets put on that is you are unaware or unable to be aware of what's happening. Therefore, you can be ignored. We need a warm body to fill the position and you're doing it. You're doing great. But beyond that, we have no use for you. So this type of story that gets put on then translates into women who are not making proper amount of some money that they should be for their qualifications. This is money that could go towards purchasing a home, towards yeah. saving for retirement, towards um, putting away for your children's education. All of that gets taken away mm -hmm. because someone has this notion that mm -hmm. as a woman of color, you're supposed to smile and laugh and engage with anyone who feels like having a conversation with you. The fact that there is such a an enormous um, toll that it takes on the individual woman, but then on her family, on her community, on her demographic, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. emotion, it becomes a much more important conversation. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate you sharing that and, and really illuminating that experience because it's one that it's, it's talked about in certain circles. 
Yeah. Like, if you know, then you know. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if you're not in that circle, it's not really being discussed. And no one's like really trying to address this issue, even though we all know it. We all know it's happening. Um, so, yes, I appreciate you putting a face to that experience, because I think it's sometimes difficult for people to understand that this is actually happening to people that you know and that you like and you love. Yeah, yeah. we're dealing with a lot of crap. On yeah. top of all the things that our brains are processing, we gotta deal with this nonsense too. Yeah, yes. because you you start to think <laughs> that you start to think that there is something wrong with you. Like we had mentioned earlier, like there's something wrong with you. And to be honest, with that experience, I did not show up as my full self. I felt so yeah. beaten down by the yes. environment. And they kept saying, Well, we want you to do this. We and I literally could not show up as my best self, like Shakia, who can come in and do all of this and be, you know, public facing and, and, and all of that, like turn it on. I couldn't do it because I was so, I'm like, well, what it, well they're going to judge me for this. Well, this is what they're going to say next yes. because I was pulled into a side meeting for not speaking up in a meeting. I was pulled into a side meeting to see if something was racist. It was a joke. I laughed at the joke. I was the only person pulled into the meeting and the 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 CEO, the, the not CEO, but the executive director says to me, he asked me, was that okay? Do we, do you think that was appropriate though? Was that appropriate? Was it appropriate for you to laugh? And I was like, if <laughs> you don't realize how you just isolated me from everybody else. How could you show up as your yeah. full self and environments like that? So again, I think the work that you're doing is extremely important. It is so necessary. And you listed so many reasons why for personal growth, professional growth, we're trying to pay off these student loans. Listen, yeah. I, no, we ain't got time for this <laughs> exactly. shenanigans, okay? You know, exactly. families and and pay mortgages and 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 create businesses and 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 promote and give lectures and be speakers and all of this and so we absolutely want to know how to stand in our truth and stand in our power especially in environments like that which i think is a perfect um transition for you to share a little bit about how we can how we can embrace being an introvert um or maybe the the better question is how can we use it to our advantage what are some steps that we can take to feel more empowered as an introvert well i usually will say there are three questions like in any given situation ask yourself these three questions and then judge yourself accordingly um the first is am i allowing myself to shine Exactly what you said. There are many times that because we are introverted and because of all of these stigmas around that, that we will dim or completely diminish our light. But that's the wrong approach to take. Um, and the way that you rectify that if you are not allowing yourself to shine or you're not allowing yourself to shine fully is to find or create opportunities to shine. And so this might look like having a conversation with either a manager or even a coworker, a department head to say, look, I have this skill set. I would like to use more of this 
How can we create something? Where can I participate? Where can I add value? Um, other times it will be a conversation or creating an opportunity that is not within the workplace at all. Um, for me, I knew I at the time, the last time I was in corporate, um, I started off as um, an administrator and a project manager. And that had nothing to do with like speaking and engaging people. It could not have been further from that. But I knew I wanted to nurture that skill set. I had conversations with my managers. Um, they were like, yeah, that's good. We'll keep you in mind. They're not keeping me in mind. So for, <laughs> for me, I created outside opportunities. It started with me um, joining a Toastmasters uh, club, not because I needed help with public speaking. I had been doing that for like two decades by that point. Um, I didn't need help with that. What I wanted is to create an environment where I could have an outlet for being able to speak and to teach and to support other people. And so I created that that opportunity for myself. But the skills that I learned within that experience, I brought back to the workplace. So even though I didn't have those opportunities to use my communication and my leadership within my role, because of what I, I was doing within Toastmasters, I then said, hey, look, I'm participating in this group. Here's some things that I think would be valuable to the project that we're working on. Here's a way that we can use some of these ideas here. And so I was able to bring that outside opportunity into my current situation. So be mindful. Are you letting yourself shine? And if you're not, create a way to shine. That's mm -hmm. the first thing. Um, the second thing is, you know, who are you trying to be? Like, who exactly are you trying to be? Um, and what we will often do is begin, again, because of this notion that we have to show up a certain way, we'll either lean more into the extreme side. Will you expect me to be quiet? All right, I'm not talking to anyone. Bump all y'all. Or we'll go the complete opposite way where, okay, you think that I'm too quiet. Let me pretend to be this very extroverted person. And while that might work in the short term, it's going to cause a lot of problems for you mentally, emotionally, physically. You're going to begin to wear yourself down because your body literally was not created to do that. That is mm -hmm. not how you are wired. Mm -hmm. um, and so the toll that that takes is quite extreme. So recognizing, you know, who are you trying to be? Are you trying to be yourself? Are you being aligned to who you are and whose you are? If you're not, how do you need to pivot? How do you need to make some tweaks to get back to who you are, not who other people are expecting you to be? Mm. And the last one is exactly what am I trying to accomplish or why am I saying yes this is where we will take on to, to overcompensate for people thinking that we're not engaged and that we're not doing. We'll say yes to everything, knowing full well this has no benefit to us. We're taking mm -hmm. it on in order to like prove that we can somehow be worthy and for the record, you do that and you're still you're still deemed the same way. You just have yep. extra work. <laughs> so that's change. So in instead of having day. five things, you have 15 <laughs> things and the same level of viewpoint and expectation. So allowing yourself to have those boundaries to not say yes to everything mm -hmm. and let your yes be a yes and let your no be a no. If you are saying yes to a task, an opportunity, um, a role, let that yes be something that is going to support and nurture you, not because it's the right thing to do or because someone expects you to do it. People say no all day long, all day long. No one's imploded from saying no. No one's like, like 
somehow like collapsed because they said no. Lots of people have collapsed from saying yes, mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, yes. because they took on too much. So make sure that you are setting those boundaries and let when you say no, let your no be enough. No is a full sentence. Mm-hmm. No, N-O period. Don't allow yourself to be sucked into this notion where you have to say yes. And yeah, I'll think about it. Maybe I will, because that's like basically yes. <laughs> no is no, period. Yes, they will want you to do it. Yes, they expect you to take it on. No, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> period. <laughs> period. And again, that it's by creating those boundaries and letting that value led yes or no to be sufficient. Mm-hmm. Part of that is going to take work because the other aspect of introversion is us wanting to make people understand us and to like like us the way that we generally like people um, until they keep showing like what humanity is and <laughs> which case not so much. Um, and so it's it's important for us to set those boundaries and get the practice of having those no's. So your first no might not be to an assignment. Your first no might simply be to going out to drinks or your first yes might be to going out to drinks. Like having having a stair step approach to those boundaries so that you for yourself get accustomed to setting them, but also people around you get used to you having them because Mm -hmm. as an introvert, they will take as much advantage as you allow them to do. A benefit for me has been learning boundaries. And so I implement them. And as you were speaking, I want to make it clear that what you're saying absolutely works with within um, at, at, at your job, but also with relationships with other people like yes. in your personal life as well. Everything you just said can be used for that as well. And so your no is your no. And then also you were asking, am I allowing myself to shine? Sometimes people don't do that in their relationships, maybe with certain friends, maybe because we are the quieter one. So we often take the back seat and we let the other person, you know, show up. And, and they get yeah. to be their their best selves. They get to show up in all of their glory. And we tend to not do that as much. And so am I allowing myself to shine? You get to do that, however that looks for you, um, mm-hmm. which I love that question. And the who are you trying to be? And so even in relationships, asking yourself that question, I often take it from the perspective of, well, what's your role? And do you mm-hmm. like this role? Is this does this role feel authentic to you? Because at the end of the day, we're all putting on and playing these different roles. And some people will say, well, that's not being your authentic self. And that's a whole different conversation because it actually yeah. it, it, it can be, you know, as long as you're not forcing or faking something. But we all have these <laughs> different parts to us. So who am I trying to be? I love that. Um, I love all of the questions. Right. And what do I want to yeah. accomplish? So, OK, after they they ask themselves these questions and they answer them, then what? Then you put action to <laughs> to your answers. Like you having this awareness about yourself is not sufficient. Like we're aware of practically everything. Like yes. that's, that's most of our challenge is that we are aware of practically everything um, and having to sort through what to do with that awareness. In this instance, now you need to put action behind that awareness. So as I mentioned for, and to reiterate your point, these are questions you should be asking yourself in any given situation. Like this is at school, 
This is at your church. This is for volunteering. This is with your kids. This is with your spouse. This is in any given situation where you are engaging um, or that you have the opportunity to engage. So you should be asking yourself these three questions. Um, But once you are aware that one of these is a no, (laughs) if any of these, and it may be at first, all of these are, are like, oh, no, I'm, oh, oh, Lord Jesus give yourself some grace. And then in the midst of having that grace, get to moving. So Mm. for finding those opportunities, again, having conversations, if you are comfortable and you have, um, if you have a healthy enough relationship within your workplace, or even if you are a business owner and you're having this conversation with potential clients and how you're working with them, having that opportunity to where can we co-create, where can I add value? It's simply a conversation, but it's not a conversation that you're coming into it with kind of a deficient, like, oh, will you please let me do something? No, it's from a place of empowerment. Mm -hmm. You have so much to offer because of your introversion. In addition to your actual skill (laughs) set and your actual expertise, All of this is a package. And so it has tremendous value. So whether you are finding those opportunities within a given space or you are finding something outside of it to create them, the onus is on you to take action, not for someone else. So if there's not an opportunity within, like say within a friend circle, if you are not allowing yourself to shine and you are saying, hey, I would like to do this thing or hey, it would be great if we did such and such and you get shut down then that lets you know, not necessarily you need to cut people off, but it means that you need to find a different set of people that you can bring that skill set to. So maybe it's finding a Facebook group. Maybe it's having a conversation with someone else. Maybe it's meeting up with um, someone you haven't connected with in a while and just reaching back. So that's all for the first one. Um, When you're asking yourself, who who are you being? Like when you recognize, if you recognize you're not being yourself, whether because you're diminishing yourself or you're trying to be someone else, altogether, then you need to allow yourself again, the grace to recognize, okay, I'm not where I want to be with this. Mm -hmm. What is my next step? Your next step is getting back to who you are. So who exactly are you? If Mm -hmm. you don't know who you are, you need to take time to figure that out. This might look like asking yourself, and there's there's a whole series of questions. I'll I'll be happy to share that. Um, There are multiple things that you can do to ask yourself, like, who am I? So who I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt. You can literally list out all of these things. Once you get all of the basic stuff out of the way, what else? Who else are you? I'm a believer. I'm um, I'm someone who laughs a lot. I'm someone who has lots of energy and is very energetic. I love pointless trivia. Okay, now you've gone to layer two. Who else are you? And just allowing yourself to delve deeper and deeper, you will be so amazed at how layered and nuanced that you are. There will be things that are about you that you don't even recognize or normally give yourself credit for being in Mm -hmm. this world. Once you have that list and you're sussing through it, which one of these is most true to you or which like maybe five are the ones that you most want to express in this world? What are those things? Use those traits to be your guiding star when you're not sure if you're being yourself or not. Am I really showing up as me? Am I being energetic? Am I being um, supportive? Am I being empowering? Am I bringing that sophisticated whimsy that is me? Am I bringing those to the forefront? No? Okay. So then 
where do I need to tweak how I'm showing up so that I am true to me as opposed to someone else's expectations? Again, it's me having to do the work. I'm not relying on someone else to recognize my work that Mm -hmm. I haven't done. (laughs) And if I have done the work and they're not recognizing, that means I need a different thing. That's that's just point blank. Um, and then for that last one with um, why am I saying yes? If you recognize that you're saying yes, because it just you just want people to stop asking you questions and stop bothering. So you say yes and you take this on just for some peace. Recognize you're not going to get peace because you just said yes to something. <laughs> you're going to get a lot. You're going to get a lot extra for something that you didn't even want to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've already said yes. So set boundaries, set boundaries even within that. If it's not okay for people to constantly comment about, let's say like for for video meetings and remote working that your camera is not on, then you need to actually say, I'm aware that my camera is not on. That is intentional, period. You don't need to justify it. You don't need to say anything else. If there are any questions, they'll ask. Otherwise, leave it at that because that Mm -hmm. was a complete thought and a complete statement setting boundaries. It can be that simple. <laughs> it can simply be that simple. Even if you've already said yes to taking on a task or taking on a role, if that needs to change, then it's on you to have that conversation. It's for you to say, I know that I agreed to do this, however, and then whatever the issue is. I know that I agreed to do this, but it would help me if you did the dishes. It would help me if you um, had someone, if you let someone else come in and take a second look at this. It would help me if so on and so forth. And so even if you've said yes to something you have no desire to like be a part of, like, is a begrudged yes, you're committed to it now and you need to see it through. Mm-hmm. But once you've gotten through that, that, that chapter is done. Now start setting your boundaries. And even within that, you can set those small boundaries for, yes, I will do this. No, I won't do that. I need assistance with this. I'm willing to give assistance for something else. I see flaws with this. I see ways that this could be strengthened. These are all conversations that you'll have to have, whether they are verbal conversations, if they're in emails that you send, because we love to send emails and texts. Um, <laughs> even if that's the way that, that we approach it, it's making it's making your requests known. Mm-hmm. And like I said, having your yes be your yes and your no be no, making sure that you are putting forth those boundaries, that you are allowing yourself the permission to say no when your no is a no <laughs> and allowing yourself to say yes. And that yes to be a true yes, not a, a um, emotionally coerced yes. Mm. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a lot of emotional coercion that we agree to because yeah. it's it's just like, and this is much like the conversation where there's at some point we just get so worn down with everyone like wronging everything about our existence and who we are. It's like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and we do that not because it's our yes, but because that's like the path of least resistance. I don't, I don't have anything left in me mm. to resist dealing with what all is going on. Mm-hmm. I have nothing else left. So I will just say yes. Um, we later come to regret our yeses in those instances. And it only, it only fuels that sort of negative um, aspect that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It only fuels 
that. So yeah, that emotional coercion happens quite a bit with introverts. Um, some of that is put upon it, uh, put upon us, but there's quite a bit of it that we put upon ourselves and we have to be willing. We are all introspective and we have those ways that we see and we're aware about ourselves. However, we also have to give ourselves permission to turn that thing around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love all of it. All of it, all of it, all of it. (laughs) Is there anything else that you think would be helpful for people to know? Maybe it was something I haven't asked you, but you think that it's important for for listeners to know? Any final thoughts? The final thought is something that I always say is that introversion is not a flaw to fix or an obstacle to overcome. It's an invitation to live deeply and to impact greatly. And that is absolutely true. Live deeply and impact greatly. Love it. Now, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with all of this awesomeness? Well, I embrace awesome.com is my home base. You can find out more about my work, find resources for introversion, um, schedule a time to chat with me. I actually do have conversations with people. Um, so you can schedule a time to have a chat. Um, yeah, I embrace awesome.com is the best place to um, connect with me. And I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes so that it is just a click away. Um, I, As I said before, throughout the conversation, um, the work that you do is extremely important. And so I'm excited for people to hear this conversation and to hear their takeaways from it. Um, I love, 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 love meeting you and talking with you today. I hope that this is the last time. Um, Because this was this was great and and so many powerful moments um, and I'm just appreciative that that I had this opportunity so thank you so much for hanging out with me today yeah absolutely and there is some there is one more thing that I forgot to mention um for fellow introverts and I guess extroverts and ambiverts too <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek um, but for for introverts who are um, open to sharing their stories what their experiences of introversion have been um, when you go to I embrace awesome there should be a spot for um, for you to click to share your story I would love to understand what's happening. Um, We mentioned before about there really not being anything to quantify our experiences, particularly as introverted women of color. So Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your story, hear your experience, and um, add that to kind of the the repertoire of making sure that people know we do exist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we are here, and that we have lots to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. And I, you know, we, it adds to the undoing of people saying that we're making things up, that it's all in our head. Oh, you're overthinking it. No, that's not true. And it's like, hmm, look at all of 
these different examples from these people who don't necessarily know each other, don't live in the same state, not in the same field and have very similar experiences. And it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the labels that are given to us because of who we are, how we show up. And, you know, there are things that we cannot change. And I don't want to change being a black woman. And so I think, yeah, absolutely. So short answer to everything you just said, is I'll do it. And then those who are listening, you know, <laughs> can do it to share their, their experiences because it's not all in our heads. We're not making it up. And we don't have to use it as an excuse to not go further. Like if there's a goal we want to yes. hit, there's there's there are goals we have, we can do it. And I think this is the beginning of a so a great support system and community to be able to make that happen when you don't feel alone in an experience. So yeah, great. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes, this was a joy. I can't wait till the next chat. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We'll, we'll get this uh, tech thing down packed. Thanks for joining us this week on the Aligned and Free Show. Remember to head on over to bit.ly forward slash aligned and free so that you can grab your free manifestation check and join our email list. Check us out on Instagram at alignedandfree.co for more information on the Aligned and Free Show. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so that we can continue to bring you amazing content. See you next week.